The scripture this morning is from Matthew 5, verses 1 and 2, and 14 to 16. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Welcome this morning, our guest preacher, Pastor Samuel Olarewaju. And uh, Samuel has been married to Funmi, who's also with us. We're pleased to have you with us today for over 38 years. They are blessed with three children and six grandchildren. Uh, Samuel served as pastor of Berean Fellowship Church in Youngstown from 2003 to 2016. A number of you will be familiar with that congregation. That was, all, that, that was a, an Ohio Conference Mennonite church. He has also served in missions, in theological education, and as a chaplain. He is currently an adjunct professor with Liberty University School of Divinity. Welcome, Pastor Sam. We're grateful to have you with us today. Okay. All right. Again, thank you, Pastor uh, uh, Matthew. It is indeed my pleasure to be here with you and uh, with my dear wife, uh, Fumi. Uh, it was interesting when we came in this morning and we sat down, and uh, this guy just walked up to us, and he started speaking in tongues. <laughs> so he really took us by surprise. Wow, wait thousands of miles away, and here's somebody speaking in my mother tongue. I was such a surprise. Uh, even though uh, Pastor Peterson had told us earlier that there's somebody from Benin in Africa who is also uh, spending some time with you here, but we never thought that we'll come and hear him speak uh, in our language. So it was uh, really an interesting thing for me to Evil this morning. Well, uh, it is indeed my pleasure to be here and to share the word of God with you. This passage was what God laid in my heart to share with you. And as you can see, I have titled this, Are You a Light to the World? Now, when Jesus spoke to the disciples, he said, You are the light of the world. 
I decided to change it slightly to, are you the light of the world? Put it in the form of a question so that you will personalize it. Take it as addressed specifically not to a body of disciples, not to a congregation, but to you in particular. Are you a light to the world? Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for your holy word. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit. As we meditate upon your word this hour, dear Lord, I want to ask that your Spirit will open our minds and give us a deeper understanding of your word. Let your Spirit open our hearts and help us to be more obedient even than before this moment. Lord, may your Spirit touch our hands and help us to be of greater service to you even as a result of our meditation upon your word this hour. This is our prayer. For Christ's sake, amen. Are you a light to the world? In order for there to be light, we, I mean, it's so beautiful that we have these lights uh, in this building this morning. But in order for there to be light in this building, there has to be four conditions met. Without those four conditions met, there will be no light in this auditorium this morning. The first condition that has to be met is there has to be a generation of energy. Somebody somewhere had to generate the energy, either hydro energy, wind energy. Some form of energy had to be generated somewhere for there to be light in this building. Now, the second condition that has to be met is after the light is, I mean, the energy is generated, then there has to be a transmission of that energy from wherever it is being generated, it has to be transmitted. And that is why if you look around, you see uh, high voltage lines. Now, the high voltage lines we see all around are carrying the energy from the source of generation to where it will be distributed. Now, that is the third condition. So the fourth is generation of energy. The second is uh, transmission of the energy when it is generated. And the third is distribution of energy. Now, when it is distributed, first they have to step it down from the high voltage, voltage energy to a low voltage. And that is why we have electric poles all around in our communities there uh, distributing the energy. And finally... The last condition that has to be met for there to be light in this building is now there has to be a connection to the electrical grid. And that is why when you don't pay your bills, the electric company will send you a notice, if you don't pay, we are going to disconnect your house. So after it is generated, it is transmitted and distributed in the various communities, there has to be a connection for there to be light. So it doesn't matter how beautiful your chandeliers are 
unless you are connected to the grave, your chandeliers are useless. They are meaningless. They are purposeless. So for them to be uh, serve the purpose for which they are designed and called chandeliers, you have to be connected to the grave. Now, what is the problem with uh, <laughs> it refuses to scroll? Okay. Now, there are two aspects of this passage we have read I want us to look at this morning. And the first aspect is the requirement for you to be a light to the world. There has to be a requirement in order for you and I to be a light to the world. And then the second aspect we are going to look at is there has to be a responsibility. If you are the light of the world, then there is a responsibility that emanates from being the light of the world. So first, there is a requirement to be a light of the world. And the basic requirement is, uh, in order for you to be the light of the world, you have to meet the basic requirement of having connectivity to the source. Jesus says in John 8 that he is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. So in order for you and I to be a light to the world around us, we have to have a connection to the original source, which is Jesus Christ. If you don't have, if you are not connected to Jesus Christ, you cannot be a light to the world around you. Now, if you look at Matthew chapter uh, 5, where we have read, we are told in verse 1 that the crowd, Jesus saw the crowd coming around. And then he went off the mount and sat down, and we're told that the disciples came to him. First there was the crowd, but the disciples then came to him, and then the Bible says Jesus began to speak to the disciples, not to the crowd. They may overhear what he's saying, but he's, the, the immediate group he's addressing is the disciples. And so Jesus said to the disciples, you are the light of the world. And thereby Jesus is establishing the first condition or the first requirement we have to meet. In order for you to be a light to the world, you have to be connected to Jesus Christ as a disciple. You see, there are many people, I mean, in the crowd. Jesus did not say to them, you are the light of the world. But to those who are his disciples, he said, you are the light of the world. In our churches today, there are many who congregate. And we call them, there are many who join the crowd. And that is why not many who come to church, not many who congregate with us are the light of the world from Monday to Saturday. You have to be a disciple. You have to be connected to Jesus Christ as a disciple for you to be a light to the world. Now, a disciple is not just, I mean, technically we are told that a disciple is a learner, somebody who learns from a teacher. 
A disciple is more than a student. Bullock, uh, there are two brothers who are students of Adolf Hitler. Now, Bullock and his brother wrote the article in Britannica today. The article on Hitler in Britannica was written by Bullock because Bullock and his brother were students of Hitler. And when I say students of Hitler, they have studied the history. They know the biography of Hitler. And that was why they were chosen to write the article on Britannica on Hitler. But if you ask or if you discuss with uh, Bullock, the authors of the article in Britannica, yes, you guys are students of Hitler, but do you believe in the philosophy? Do you believe in the lifestyle, the values of Hitler? They will tell you no. We are his students, but we are not his followers. We don't believe in his philosophy. And so there are many today who study Jesus Christ, who know about Jesus Christ, but they are not disciples. You see, a disciple is not just somebody who studies the teachings of a teacher, but a disciple is somebody who knows, who studies the teachings, who is, I mean, who has bought into the teachings and who leaves out the teachings of the master. So it's not just that I know what the teacher is saying, but he's saying that I believe in it, I live it out, and I obey it. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. He's talking to disciples. So in order for you to be a light of the world, you have to be connected to Jesus Christ as a disciple, as somebody who believes in him, as somebody who obeys his teachings, as somebody who leaves out the teachings of Jesus Christ. So we are talking about having a lifestyle relationship with the master in order for you to be a light to the world. If you don't flesh out the values, what Christ represents in your lifestyle, then you can't be a light to the world around you. If you move on to verse 16 of Matthew chapter 5, in verse 16, there Jesus said to the disciples, let your light shine so that men may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. And give glory to your Father in heaven. Now, it is very important because, again, Christ is establishing the relationship that these disciples have with God. He says, God is your Father. Now, in Jewish tradition, and if you look at the Bible, you will see that the Jews don't traditionally refer to God as Father. So Jesus was doing something new and strange to their hearing when Jesus refers to God as their Father. So he says, if you let your light shine before men, then you are going to bring glory to God, your Father, who is in heaven. In other words, in order for you and I to be light to the world around us, we must have that relationship, father-child relationship with God. Only those who are children of God, who are connected to him as 
his children, who have his DNA in their beings. Only those can be alive to the world. So if you are not truly a child of God, then you cannot be alive to the world. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 6, the author says, John, he says, if we claim to have fellowship with him, that is with, with God, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not leave out the truth. If we claim, that is, if all we do is just to verbalize it, to say it, that we are his followers, we have fellowship with him, but we don't flesh it out, we don't walk the talk, then the Bible says we are liars. So you see, to be a light to the world is more than just what we say. You have to live it out. You have to walk in the light for you to be a light to the rest of the world. There must be that fellowship, that connection as children of God, having his DNA in our lives for us to be able to be a light to the rest of the world around us. Now, Jesus refers to God as our Father. And like I said, there are some people who will tell us that we all are children of God. You hear they talk about the brotherhood of humanity or the brotherhood of man and the fatherhood of God. Or the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. Now you hear that and you say, wow, that sounds great. I mean, it's kind of uniting us. It's showing that we belong in one family. God is our father. But I want to tell you this morning that that is not true. The Bible does not say that all of uh, uh, creation, all of humanity belong, uh, are children of God. That is not what the Bible says. We all are creatures of God. That is the biblical teaching. God created us all. But we are not all the children of God. And that is why Jesus, in uh, John chapter 1, verse 12, he says, if as many as believed in him, to them he gave the authority to become children of God. So you see, you can only be a child of God if you believe in Jesus Christ. Now for all of the other uh, uh, people on this earth who have not believed in Jesus Christ, they are not children of God. God, they are God's creatures, but they are not children of God. You have to believe in Jesus Christ for you to be a child of God. So many times people will say, oh, well, we are all children of God. No, we are not all children of God. Only those who believe in Jesus Christ are children of God. Now, uh, the, the Freemasons, they are the ones who propagate the brotherhood uh, of man and the fatherhood of God. So, you see, that is, that is not a biblical teaching. It, it is from a heretical group. As his people, God called Israel. Of all the peoples of the earth, God specifically chose the nation, the people of Israel. He called them to be a light to the world. If you look uh, at Isaiah... Uh, we may not turn to it, but I'll just read portions of Isaiah 
chapter 42, verse 6 and 7. There in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 6, God says, I, the Lord, have called you, talking to Israel. I will keep you and will make you a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. Now here is God. He has a special connection because these are his chosen people. And he said, therefore, to his own chosen people, that I will make you alive to the rest of the world. To release those who are captive. To open the eyes of the blind. So you see, when God says, you are the light of the world, this, in essence, is the function of children of God who are the light. To open the eyes of the blind. And to release those who are captive to sin and those who sit in darkness. So Israel was connected to God by a special call to be God's people. Therefore, they have, they have met that requirement to be connected to God. Therefore, they can be a light to the world around them. Now, having briefly considered this first requirement, my question to you is, are you connected to God? I'm not talking about, are you connected to Midway Mennonite Church? Yes, you may have your membership here. You say, well, look, my parents were members here. My grandparents were members. My great-grandparents were members. So I'm a member of the uh, 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 Mennonite Church uh, Midway. That is good. But that's not the question. The question is, are you connected to Christ? Are you a child of God by faith through Jesus Christ? If you are not, then you cannot be a light to the world around you. So forget about your membership for a moment of this church. Are you connected to Jesus Christ? Through faith, are you a child of God? Unless you are, then you can't be alive. The second requirement or the second condition here, Jesus said to the disciples, is there is responsibilities to be met. Not only are there requirements, but you have to meet a certain responsibility in verse 14 and 16. Make sure your light is well positioned in order to serve its purpose. So the responsibility you have is you and I are responsible to make sure that the light of God in us is well positioned so that it will brighten our corner where we find ourselves. It is your responsibility, it is my responsibility to position my light Jesus says, nobody lights a lamp and put it under a bushel or covers it, but you position it so that it will shed light. It will give light to the people so that others can see. So you have the responsibility of making sure that your light is not covered. Your light is not hidden so that people can see it and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We talked about uh, chandelier. Nobody gets a chandelier 
and put it in the bathroom. I have never seen That's the wrong place to position your chandelier. And nobody uh, lights a security light and put, it, uh, 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 put it in a closet. You put it outside so that it will brighten uh, uh, your environment so that nobody can intrude uh, on your property. The same thing, if you are truly connected to Christ as a child of God, then you cannot position your light in a place that it will not serve its purpose. It is therefore your responsibility, it is my responsibility to make sure that our lights are properly positioned so that people will see our good works and give glory to our Father in heaven. Now, I don't have time to go into this because he says, let your light shine. In other words, let your good work be seen by men. Then you say, how come? He said, do not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. So when you are doing your acts of righteousness, don't let other people see it. Well, we don't have the time to go into that. Maybe if you ask uh, 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 Pastor Peterson, he will enlighten you more on that. Uh, that's uh, something for discussion. But suffice it to say that the key difference here is the motive. Let your light shine before men. Don't hide your good works. Let it shine before men. Not so that they will recognize you and praise you, he said, let it shine before men so that they will give glory to your Father who is in heaven. But in chapter 6, he says, do not let your left hand or your right hand know what your left hand is doing in terms of your act of righteousness. Why? Because that is what the Pharisees do. They want to show off their good deeds so that men will praise them. So if your intention is to get glory from men, he says, don't let that happen. But as far as doing good work so that others may see and give glory to God, he says, let them see your good works so that they will give glory to God. But make sure your motive is right. You are doing it so that God will get the glory, not you to get the glory. And that leads us to the next point here, which is make sure your life is not self-serving. You see, when you look at the light around us, these lights are not self-serving. The lights are not there for the light's sake. They are there for our sake, to brighten so that we look at what is around. We value it. We appreciate the beauty of our surroundings. Nobody turns on the light and then you begin to look at the light. When you get up on a beautiful sunny day, you don't just get out and say, wow, what a beautiful sunny day. And then the first thing you do when you come out, you begin to look at the sun and appreciate the sun. You don't do that. Even the sun does not appreciate you looking at it. Because the light of the sun is not meant to, get, to give glory to the light. Rather, it's to show us the environment, to reveal God's creation, so that when you and I see what God has done, then we can give glory to God. In the same fashion, you as the light, your light is not meant to bring glory to you. Your light is meant to reveal the glory of God. So that when others see your good works, they will not give glory to you. Rather, they will give glory to your Father who is in heaven. 
So the church, I mean, when you look at Israel in uh, Isaiah chapter uh, 42, where we read, Israel was the light to the Gentiles, not to do good works for its own sake, not just to benefit the children of Israel, but Israel was called to be the light for the benefit of the Gentiles. So the church is positioned to be the light, not for the sole benefit of the church, but rather for the benefit of the world in darkness. So that when the dark world sees the light of the church, then they will give glory to God. So our good works, yes, it is okay. Charity begins at home. We need to take care of each other. But beyond taking care of each other, we must reach out and let those outside see the light so that they will glorify God. Let us not be consumed with our own needs. That we forget that we are supposed to be light to the world around us. When we see what is happening uh, in, in the world of pandemic that we live in today, we are faced with a pandemic but have you taken note to see that some people are addressing a pandemic crisis in an endemic way? In other words, some people are focusing on themselves and forgetting that, hey, this is a pandemic. A couple of weeks ago, I was listening to the news. I, I tried to keep abreast of what is going on as far as this is concerned. And we are told that here in the West, in America, and in about 10 countries of the world, 10 countries of the world, we are debating whether or not it is right to get a third booster of the vaccine. And you know what, what uh, uh, the World Health Organization is telling us? The World Health Organization is telling us that in Africa, for example, 96% of Africa has yet to get a first shot of the vaccine. 96%. And here we are debating whether we should get a, a third booster. And what is that? I mean, if that is not greed, how else do we describe it? We are hoarding the vaccine, and the rest of the world is dying. The experts have spoken to us that, hey, look, we are as safe as the rest of the world is. So we need to reach out, to let our light shine. Don't just cover it up. Let it shine. So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. For the most part, the church has remained silent in the West in the midst of this pandemic. Thank God, uh, last month, I got an email. It was from uh, the Mennonite World Conference. The Mennonite World Conference is partnering with uh, UNICEF to raise funds and to provide vaccine for the rest of the world. And they said, when I went to the, to the website, and they said, well, Go there and you'll find, locate your denomination or your church that is partnering with uh, 
uh, UNICEF, and then if you want to make your contribution, you can make it through your denomination. And when I went there, there was only one denomination as at two, three weeks ago, and that was the World uh, Mennonite World Conference. I said, now, where are the Baptists? Where are the Methodists? Where are all the other denominations? You see, we are not letting our light shine. When our government begins to hoard, we need to speak out and let them know that this is not right. Let our light shine. You see, we are the prophetic voice of God to our generation. If we don't speak out at evil, who else will? According to Isaiah 40, 42, darkness means being blind. Blindness to the truth. Those in darkness, those who are in darkness look at the heavens. And what do they see? They see evolution. The psalmist in Psalm 19 says, uh, the skies, the heavens declare the glory of God. So when you come out in the night, and you look at the starry, at the, the starry sky, you see the glory of God because you are connected to the source of light. But you see, for those who are not connected, when they come out and they look at the sky, what do they see? They see evolution. They don't see God's handwork. They don't see God. They see evolution. They see a big bang theory. And that is why the Bible says, the Israelites, they are the light of the world. They are supposed to enlighten the rest of humanity. Those who are blind to the truth, you need to open their eyes. So when they come out and they, say, they look at it and they say, well, this is evolution, it is a big bang. You and I are supposed to tell them, no, it is not a big bang. There is God in heaven who creates all of this beauty. So that is one way we can be a light to them. What they ascribe to a big bang theory which is false, you are to enlighten them and to say that, hey, look, open your eyes. It is not Big Bang. There is a God in heaven who has made it all. During uh, the Hurricane Ida, it was amazing what happened. In some, in some areas, houses were leveled to the ground by the hurricane. And then when you move on the same street and you look at some other houses, there are houses that were unscathed by the hurricane. And some people say that, oh, well, you see, we are so fortunate, good fortune. It was, it was good luck. It wasn't good luck. That was God's providential care. So what they ascribe to good luck, and I've had many Christians talk about good luck, there is nothing like good luck in the vocabulary of a child of God. No good luck. No good fortune. We talk about, oh, I was so fortunate. Nothing fortunate. God has designed it. So what they are ascribing to good luck, to good fortune, we let them know that, hey, look, there's nothing like that. There is a God in heaven who orchestrates all that happens in the kingdom of men. So we need to be a light to them, enlighten them. Finally, the story was told of three young men, teenagers, who Christian, and they were talking about their favorite uh, translation, 
of the Bible. And the first one said, well, I prefer the King James. It's original. He did not know that it was not Jesus Christ who authorized the King James. It was King James who authorized it, not, not King Jesus Christ. And the other young man said, well, I think I prefer a more modern translation. I like the living, the, the living Bible better because it speaks to me in the language that I understand. And then the third young man said, well, for me, I think I prefer my father's translation better. And they looked at him scornfully and said, come on, be, be realistic. Your father doesn't have a translation. So what do you mean? He said, yes, he does. He said, my father reads the Bible and he translates it into action. That is my father's translation. It is practical. You can see him living it out, obeying it. And you know what? That is the translation God has called you and he has called me to prepare. A translation of the Bible into good works of love, of mercy, of empathy, of justice, and of fairness. When you translate the Bible, you see, the world doesn't care about your Christian chandelier. They don't care. No matter how beautiful your Christian chandelier is, the world does not care. But when you translate your light into goodness, into mercy, into love, into charity, justice and fairness, then the world will pay attention. They will look at it. And the world hopefully will also say, they will give glory to God, like Jesus says. Let your light shine before men, so that when they see your good works, they will give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Amen?